I made my family disappear. Kevin, you're completely helpless. No, Kevin, you're what the French call les incompetents. Kevin, I'm going to feed you to my tarantula. Kevin, you are such a disease. There are 15 people in this house, and you're the only one who has to make trouble. Look what you did, you little jerk. I made my family disappear. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Reel Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And this week, we are going to be talking about the 1990 Christmas movie, Home Alone. I can't believe it's been 30 years already, but it has. Uh, But before we talk about Home Alone, uh, Jeremy, let's talk about some quick movie news. And so, uh, I don't know if you've heard, but there are reports that Alfred Molina is set to return as Dr. Octopus in the third installment of the MCU, Spider-Man. With uh, Jamie Foxx also already confirmed to return as Electro, it looks like we're headed for a live-action Spider-Verse. And so, uh, Jeremy, do you think it's a certainty that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are coming back for this latest MCU Spidey movie? Yeah, dude, I feel like it's all but certain now. Like that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire have to come back for this movie. I think they're in this movie already. I feel like that everyone or like media outlets are just uh, getting some rumors and reports now, but I feel like it's, it's pretty much, I feel like if they're going to be in the movie, they're like their contracts are signed and stuff already. Now that's what I feel like. Cause I think, I think production has started on uh Spider-Man, the third one. Uh, we're not calling it Spider-Man three <laughs> with emo, emo Peter Parker. <laughs> what Spider-Man three? There was no such thing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm super excited if, for them to to join into the MCU. My biggest fear is that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, because you you watched the Into the Spider Verse, right? The animated film. Okay, this is slight spoilers. I guess major spoilers for the first 15 minutes of that movie. Uh, Peter Parker dies in that movie. A version of Peter Parker dies in okay. Into the Spider-Verse. So I'm wondering, what if they're just bringing back these villains? Because I'm like, uh, Electro died and Doc Ock died in their respective universes. And so I'm wondering, are we just going to have these uh, is Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire actually going to just die. And then uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker has to verse these two. Also, that's my biggest fear is that they just die. And then that's it. Honestly, I don't, I, you know what? I don't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case only because, you know, if all the rumors are true, obviously there's going to be so many rumors floating between now and, you know, whenever that uh, does get released, hopefully next year, maybe we'll see in a, in a year's time. 
I feel like there's going to be so many characters from all the different spider verses that, I mean, there's only so much screen time that you can have. And obviously they got a, a feature Tom Holland as, you know, this MCU's Spider-Man. Um, and uh, who knows what they're going to try to set up, you know, because obviously this is a joint um, venture with, uh, with Sony again. And so I'm sure they want to set up their own little Spidey venom, like Sony verse or whatever they call it (laughs) Mm -hmm. because i like i don't think that's gonna happen because i don't think it's very disney of them to be like oh here's two other spider-mans and we're just gonna kill them off it's not very disney of them so it's very true also that's definitely true just just uh speaking my my worst fears because i know for me toby mcguire was my spider-man so um hopefully they don't just bring him back to kill him <laughs> <laughs> you know what i haven't seen toby Maguire in a long time i wonder if he's i mean he was always like pretty ageless in terms of well how old was he when um when the first tri- the sam raimi trilogy came out i want to say he was maybe 28 i think when when the first one came out oh wow so he might play the older version of Spider-Man. Remember in uh, Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, yeah. That was I, I could totally picture like if they just like shaped his face a little bit differently. I'm like, yeah, that's uh Tommy McGuire right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh either way, I'm definitely looking forward to this next installment of the MCU Spider-Man. So um Jeremy, before we get into Home Alone, I mean, we do have this podcast ritual that we do on a weekly basis or every episode anyway. And uh, for those of you who are checking us out for the first time, it's a time where both me and Jeremy share uh, a TV TV show or movie that we've watched in the last week. And so, Jeremy, uh, what have you been watching the last uh, week? So I actually started kind of rewatching because I had never finished this show before but so i started just from the beginning because i forgot what happened it's uh brooklyn 99 the the comedy show and i forgot how funny this show is you know with like terry cruz andy samberg and all that stuff uh yeah this show is super funny and i'm still on the obviously i just started this this week so i'm still in the first season uh but yeah it's a really funny show i forgot how good it was yeah, I hear it's top notch. I mean, people that I know, some friends of mine have been trying to get me to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I just haven't, I, I don't know, I just keep watching the same sh- shows. I keep <laughs> watching The Office. I need to stop doing that. Um, but uh, I don't know, with the move to Peacock at the in the beginning of next year, I should say, maybe it'll get me to start watching some other stuff. But you're liking it so far again? Yeah, I'm to- like, I've crack up like every episode uh if i had to choose between like brooklyn 99 or parks and rec because you haven't seen parks and rec right parks and recreation i literally watched two episodes and i should start watching i think it's actually available on the free version of peacock so i might give it a shot soon Mm -hmm. yeah if i had to choose though i might have to say brooklyn 99 over parks and i love parks and rec I mean, I might just be like on this newness high of Brooklyn Nine Nine, but I've I've seen it before, and I don't know. I guess because if you're, it's very uh, Parks and Rec is very much like the same style as The Office because it's like the same creators and all that stuff. So I think if you want something a little bit different, <laughs> but uh, still super funny, I would go Brooklyn Nine Nine. 
Okay. Uh, is the show still going on? I haven't kept up. Yeah, it's still going on. I think th- I forgot. It's either six or eight seasons. Oh, so dang, far. already? Oh, mm-hmm. shoot. I could have sworn. I was expecting oh, somewhere in the three to four range, but oh, wow. That's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping to check that out. Where's it streaming right now? It's on Peacock also. Oh, Peacock. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Uh, well, the, the, well, I mean, we were talking about Home Alone, and obviously we'll get to that in a little bit, but. After I watched Home Alone for the this podcast up uh podcast episode, um, naturally I had to watch Home Alone too for more hijinks with Kevin and the wet bandits. I mean, uh the sticky bandits in Home Alone 2 as they changed their name to. But Home Alone 2 isn't what I wanted to highlight this week. Uh, since we did watch a classic last week when we watched It's a Wonderful Life, I wanted to do another classic. And Streaming on Apple TV Plus, they I finally got to watch it all in all of its entirety. A Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh my oh, goodness. Nice. Yeah, dude, it was so good. Um, so I mean it, it was still really entertaining. Um, I mean, I don't remember it came out like the 60s, I think, long time ago. And uh, dude, it's still entertaining, it has a lot of heart, and then the music by the Vince Garaldi. I hope I'm saying that right. The Vince Guaraldi trio is definitely an all-timer. It's so good. And then, you know, whenever I hear the music, it reminds me of our friend Cameron, who plays uh, songs from the Vince Guaraldi trio on the piano. And uh, some of you who might be wondering who Cameron is, well, he's the guy that you actually heard in the beginning of this episode. He's the guy that created our theme song. And so... Obviously, you know, with this being uh, the time of giving here in the Christmas season, we wanted to thank you again, Cameron, for uh, contributing such a integral part to our podcast. Right, Jeremy? Yeah, for sure, Cameron. Shout out because I know you listen some sometimes at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't hold it against you that you've uh, you haven't listened to all the episodes, but hey, just as long as you listen to um, some of the movies that you do like. So, thank you again, Cameron, for our theme music. We Love it. We love it a thousand uh three thousand actually. That's true. Or more like in the eight hundred range. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so before we move on, um, we want to do a little bit of episode cleanup. And then so uh again, we mentioned it. Uh we talked about it's a wonderful life last week. And so this past Tuesday we ran a poll and uh here are the results. So Jeremy, do you want to revolt uh reveal what our poll was and um, what the results were. Yeah. So our poll was what's your favorite Christmas movie. So last week we talked about it's a wonderful life. Uh, so that was one of the candidates. There was a Christmas Carol miracle on 34th street and white Christmas. And it's a wonderful life. One actually at 67% with uh, a Christmas Carol at second place. Yeah, you know, I'm not too surprised because, I mean, that has become a tradition. I mean, you mentioned it in last week's episode where, I mean, every year NBC has it um, playing and uh, I need to I need to watch it this time around now that we've watched it for the podcast. So uh, definitely want to try to watch it again this time with everyone else. That's true. Yeah, it's a really good movie just in general. No, definitely. And it's perfect for 2020. I mean, if there was ever a time where we needed a, um, a reminder 
of what we do have and how lucky we really are, especially with the way the world is. I mean, we definitely need that reminder by watching maybe something like It's a Wonderful Life. Um, So again, um, keep an eye out for episode-related polls on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook every Tuesday after a new episode release. Uh, What's our uh, social media's handles? So you can search up at Weekly Real. So just at Weekly Real. Yes, on all three uh, platforms. So all the major ones. Only only the finest for the Weekly Real podcast. <laughs> That's true. Don't search for us on Google Plus because that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Google Plus. I hadn't heard. I just completely forgot about Google Plus. Oh shoot. Oh man. So this week. Two scheming burglars come up with a master plan to break into several homes while people are away for the holidays. However, their master plan gets foiled by an eight-year-old boy who gets left behind by mistake in the 1990 modern classic Christmas movie, Home Alone. Well, this was my all-time favorite movie growing up as a kid, but prior to this week, Jeremy still had not seen it. How could you, man? (laughs) (laughs) I know, man. It's so crazy to me. But Jeremy, now that you have seen it, uh, what are some of your first impressions uh, after seeing Home Alone? All right. So let me set the scene real quick because it was the perfect. It was a Saturday night to watch this movie. It was a perfect night to watch. it. I was just I had nothing else to do because COVID makes you stay inside at night. And so I was just sitting on the couch, you know, blankets all wrapped up around me, like all warm and stuff. My cat was next to me, like trying to get warm too. I was like, ah, all right, time to put on Home Alone. And man, it was, it's the perfect, it it was the Christmas movie I wanted right now. It hit the spot, man. It's like, it, it made, it makes you like feel warm, has some fun in it and has like the, all the Christmas Christmassy stuff about it. Well, d- I mean, were you expecting that kind of going in, going into it? Like, did you expect that sort of thing, or did you kind of temper your expectations going in? Uh, well, for me, I guess I did kind of expect like the the tone. It, you, obviously, it's very fun and lighthearted and all that stuff. Very, what's the word? Not bombastic, not flamboyant. It, you know, it's very um. Yeah, like cheery, I guess. Right? It's like one, and it's very much, I expected that atmosphere. Uh, And obviously, I've heard about Home Alone. I didn't know like all the details about it, but just the basic premise. And I just knew that uh, it's a movie that I would like. And when I saw, also when I saw um, John Hughes, is it John Hughes, right? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to like this. Oh, with John Williams score too? Yeah, yeah. Dude. I was like, oh, how did how did I not see this movie in the, like since it's been like 30 years? And I feel like, you know, 1990, I was born 96, so it's like it I should have it should have hit me, but I guess not. No, this was actually the same year that your brother was born, your older brother. Mhm. 1990. So I wonder if he's seen it. <laughs> oh no, he has. Cause um, I remember when he was growing up a few years later, when he was like maybe still, he was still pretty young. 
um, we were watching Home Alone uh, at your place. And this was still before your time. So he must have been like four or five or something like that. And he mm. loved it. So maybe something to talk to him about now that you've seen it. Yeah, because, man, the, the hijinks of the whole movie. Uh, Kevin, like cause I, I've sent I sent you a, a video be- before recording this podcast that it's like Home Alone rated R. And I've seen other like, um, I guess, fan made trailers of, oh, if Home Alone was a horror movie or Kevin McAllister was a psychopath. So I was kind of laughing <laughs> uh, at myself like throughout this whole movie because I'm like, man, yeah, this is. It's kind of dark for this kid. <laughs> yeah, I saw the beginning. I have. I still have to finish the uh, the video that you had sent me earlier. You know, with actual my day job and everything get, getting really busy or whatever. I wish I had a little bit more time to actually watch it because I mean, I watched the first minute and it was pretty crazy. It was unexpected because um, I was like wondering for the first thirty seconds. I was like, well, where does that irrated art part come in? And then all of a sudden it kicked in. I was like, oh, okay. I got to watch this later <laughs> in, in its entirety. Yeah. Sorry to ruin your childhood. <laughs> no, no, no. You're enhancing it now that I'm adult. So you're good. You're good. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Um, did When you were watching it, did, were you kind of having flashbacks to your own childhood? And uh, were you trying to picture yourself as a kid um, and putting yourself in Kevin's shoes? Dude, heck yeah. Um, when Kevin finds out that he's alone and he's just like running around the house, jumping on like his parents' bed, I, I immediately thought of like when I was home alone. I guess you know, even when I was home alone, I guess sometimes I my brother was with me, older brother, and we're like six years apart. So sometimes it didn't feel like I was home alone, but there would be times when it would just only be me and yeah just that feeling of freedom to do whatever you want (laughs) eat whatever you want watch whatever you want and just go crazy i think uh just watching kevin McAllister like do that it definitely reminded me got gave me some of my childhood vibes right there (laughs) well did you try to do anything like fun like remember remember that part in um home alone when you know it's still really his first day that he's home alone and he remember that one part when he's like on the sled and he like literally goes down the long staircase or whatever and goes out the the front door and into the thing did you did you try to do anything crazy like that when you were when you were a kid um possibly like I might have done that even just when when my parents were there. <laughs> like I know that we have like a long staircase thing that I definitely took a laundry basket and rode that down the stairs. <laughs> I definitely did that. Uh, but if I was home alone, I don't think I actually did anything too crazy. I was more like Kevin when he was what eating ice cream and watching oh. like movies <laughs> that was more me uh when i was home alone didn't get too creative and well, no including, the mess, including the mess including the mess with the remember with the ice cream all melted and stuff oh yeah yeah definitely not that i would i would not let my ice cream melt <laughs> yeah, for no, sure seriously. you know the uh closest i got to that one scene where you know he's doing the uh whole sled down the the stairs or whatever um the closest I ever got to that was I wasn't home alone, but I remember this was during the summer and it was one of those where it was actually pretty warm in the Bay Area. And uh, for those of us, for those fans of the the Weekly Real podcast that are listening right now, 
uh, check out our Pulp Fiction uh, episode. And in that episode, we actually have our cousin Aldrin who's on that episode. Anyway, the reason why I mentioned Aldrin is that I was actually at his house and it was the three of us. It was me, him, and then his older sister, Cheryl. Uh, and we were in their house in Daly City. It was in the summer. And the closest we got was we got their floating bed things, you know, like when you're in the pool and you're laying down on it. Mm. We deflated it, right? And we put two of them, like, kind of elongated. So it's like one lined up after another. And what we did was back in the day, we cre- uh, there was this thing called slip and slide. Oh, man. And we <laughs> <laughs> Created that so we were like in our um like our i guess shorts you know swimming shorts i I don't know why i had swimming shorts but we lined it up and then we literally put water on on those little floaty things and then we put a pillow at the end of it because we would actually run down this long hallway slip and slide and then we would slide so much that like we didn't obviously didn't want to hurt ourselves and run into like the wall or something (laughs) so we had a giant huge pillow uh at the end of that so that we would obviously cushion that blow that was as close as we got and we do some crazy stuff and yeah obviously my aunt my uncle their parents were not happy (laughs) yeah because this was indoors right and you're pouring water (laughs) on carpet carpet. (laughs) yeah that's what i was gonna ask too like don't they have carpet (laughs) yeah they did have carpet uh and uh i mean we were still fairly young too we were probably right around kevin's age um so i mean it it was just fun and uh, we used to also emulate american gladiators uh i know you're kind of too young for this american gladiators is kind of like uh american ninja warrior Mm. but it was like you would go up against these massive like guys or massive girls because you know there would be a girl division and a, a guy division and we would come up with this thing called the joust where we would go on on top of like these uh big couch cushions and then we'd do it like kind of like a pillow fight but then the winner would be whoever you can knock off the other person off of the cushion we'd come up with stupid stuff like that <laughs> yeah man see that kevin McAllister. he he, he definitely like defines what we would want to do as a kid when we're home alone it's just the craziest stuff yeah no no adult supervision whatsoever eat whatever you want you can just have fun like uh, you try some crazy stuff too i mean even the uh what even the zipline part even though it was a part later on in the in the so i was like dude we, we need to try like doing a zipline how did you even like get fun. it up there though that's the question i don't know well, he had that rope. I mean, he's very resourceful, that Kevin McAllister. Yeah. Oh, you know, one thing I didn't expect, though, because uh, obviously I haven't seen the movie before, was uh, when he was like, I don't want my to see my family anymore or whatever, and especially like to his mom and all that stuff. I was like, what? I, don't, I, I didn't expect this. I thought they were just going to leave him on accident. I didn't no, expect it, this it, whole it, thing. It got dark. <laughs> kind of in a hurry, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, he was really just kind of getting into it with his older brother, Buzz. And then, mm. obviously, he was the one that got in trouble. And we'll kind of get into, like, that whole dynamic a little bit later, for sure. Um, do you have any overall thoughts on Home Alone? Well, compared to last week, because remember last week I said, uh, It's a Wonderful Life didn't really feel like a Christmas movie, at least to me, at least until the very end. 
But this movie, Home Alone, man, it feels like a Christmas movie to me. I think it's fun. You got all the Christmas decorations all around. You got the Christmas music. Uh, you get to see all the snow and all that crazy stuff. And to top it all off, you got the little Christmas lesson about family. So I think mm-hmm. I and I it's like, man, this literally had everything for a really fun Christmas movie. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that's why I mean, even though I didn't really think about Home Alone that deep uh, when I was watching it back in the day on my VHS tapes, uh, tape, I should say that I kept wearing out. Um, I completely agree. Just kind of rewatching it this uh, latest time, because I mean, you don't really think about like the whole family dynamic and, you know, you will get to their fi- family dynamic. It's it's a kind of weird at first because obviously they're a huge family and there's always going to be some conflict or whatever. And, and, but I'm like, how can you hate on Kevin McAllister? He's like, the, like a, he's a cute kid or whatever. Yeah. He'll be outspoken or whatever, but I feel like those are, you know, it's the whole kids say the darndest things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he was like, you know how kids are honest to a fault. He, Kevin's <laughs> definitely that. Right. And then, you know, it's to be expected. I mean, I don't know what it feels like to have siblings and, and, and you have one sibling, right? I mean, did you, I mean, but I think there, I feel like you and your brother, from what I see, like there's enough of an age gap where I wouldn't see too much of a sibling rivalry. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, not not really too much. Since we're like six years apart, there's definitely like a clear line. Like, of course, we would have wrestling matches, but we knew like our limit. We didn't wrestle each other to like beat each other like how some other siblings would. Because six years in age, he's going to be obviously bigger than me all the time. Uh, but literally, we would have wrestling matches just to recreate <laughs> recreate wrestling moves. Uh, but yeah, and he threw me into a TV one time, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I, I would imagine uh, that he got in trouble for that. Maybe oh, yeah. even you a little bit. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't remember what happened. You might have to ask my parents. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you're talking about how you and your brother would kind of just, you know, do the playful, like wrestling, you know, like WWE style. I don't know. It just seemed like with Kevin and his, uh, especially his brother, Buzz, big brother, I feel like Buzz was just definitely the bully of the uh, of the family, especially the siblings. And he would literally go out of his way to make Kevin's life miserable. Uh, aren't you glad that your brother <laughs> didn't do that to you? Oh heck yeah! I w- like uh, we always like shared a room, me and my brother. Definitely like because Buzz, he was like, "Don't go into my room. Don't touch my stuff. Don't do this. Don't do that." So I'm glad my brother wasn't like that. And uh, yeah, Buzz. You know, ultimately by the end of the movie, he's like, "Yeah, you're my brother and all that stuff," but he's still kind of like. Uh, the bully, Kevin's bully, pretty much. Well, was there anything that is, I guess, not too obvious? Anything that you kind of enjoyed that you were kind of surprised that you enjoyed during the movie? You're like, oh, dude, that was a fun scene or whatever. Uh, does anything like kind of pop into your head right now? Uh, well, I can give you two things, actually. One thing I didn't enjoy as much as I thought it, I would is actually the the ending battle plan stuff oh okay i still really liked it 
but I didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. Mm, okay. um, we definitely get into that later. Yeah. I, w- I would imagine we're going to be talking about that a l- little bit more in depth. Yeah. And, uh, but one thing I did like that I didn't expect was actually, uh, with the, with the, the old man, that mm-hmm. little subplot there and how he's like all scary and stuff. And then running into him at like the kid convenience store when he's trying to buy a toothbrush <laughs> and he just <laughs> runs away. <laughs> you're like, uh, excuse me, you're going to have to pay for that toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> He just freaks out. <laughs> he he was kind of scary looking. Uh, old yeah. man Marley. Yeah, yeah. So that that subplot, I think I enjoyed more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, especially when they kind of um, like softened it up. Especially when they were at the church, and you know they got a chance to actually, you know, talk as human beings. Mm-hmm. It's funny though, because when old man Marley, he's like, hey, "Like you don't have to be scared of me all the time." But like, if you flash back to the uh, earlier scenes, he's looking at him like he's gonna kill him, man. <laughs> Especially at the convenience like, store. Yeah, he definitely looks like he's like uh, a serial killer because he's got the shovel too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's obviously you know when we're watching the movie then we get the whole score going on and they play this dramatic music like oh shoot mm-hmm. it's old man Wally. who's this crazy guy and then obviously buzz's story didn't help uh when they were when he was like oh look this old man you know that shovel that he uses to salt the streets it's what he used to uh what do they call him the shovel slayer or something like that yeah, yeah something like that <laughs> I was like, damn, all right. And obviously when I was watching it um, all those years on VHS, I was still like, well, it came out in 90. So I was probably like 11 or 12 when I was watching it a lot uh, to the point where I memorized all the lines. But we'll get to that. Um, Well, that's another that's another story for another time. (laughs) Well, um, was there anything uh, else that you kind of wanted to mention before we get into uh, our topics for for this episode i actually didn't expect when we saw the McAllister family at first i didn't know they were all related yeah. i was like this family can't be this big is he in a in a foster home or something that's what i thought yeah in the beginning especially when they didn't really uh explain like the whole family dynamic yet mm-hmm. i was a bit confused in the beginning I was like, plus plus it didn't uh help that um, his younger brother in real life, Kieran Culkin, plays not his younger brother, but his younger cousin. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so me off. I know, because I was like, dude, they look alike, but not too alike where they're siblings. They're just cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I had to watch it several more times Like as a kid. I was like, oh, that's two different families. Oh, with Uncle Frank and uh, I forget the his wife's name. I forget whatever yeah it's all right (laughs) yeah she barely talks uh you don't really need to know (laughs) well anyway uh jeremy you know what let's get into our uh a couple of fun topics uh the first topic that i wanted to uh bring up was uh you know you mentioned it earlier uh with the you know with the battle plan with kevin what was your favorite trap from kevin's battle plan so my favorite trap uh because I guess we mentioned the the rated R Home Alone. Uh, I think this just adds to my this is my favorite trap is uh, the iron to the face Oof. Uh, on on Marv. Yeah, 
Yeah, when he like pulls it down, thinking it's like the the light switch, and the iron just falls down down the the chute, I guess, yeah. and just falls on his face. I was like, yeah, he's that's either at least a broken nose or you cave in his face. <laughs> so I, that looked crazy, and I I like how they left the imprint of the iron, like basically with all, you know the rest of his appearances throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was probably my favorite trap because I don't know, it just seems the most brutal. Uh, I guess if I had a honorable mention, I don't know if this is really a trap, but you know, with the tarantula and he puts it on, on Marv. Oh yeah. And then it falls onto, onto Harry and and then Marv hits him with like the crowbar. No crowbar. Yeah. I'm like, dang, that sounded like it hurt, man. Marv, what are you doing? (laughs) Marv. It's like, don't move. I'll make this quick. It's like, what? Don't move. Marv. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. I wonder if they, well, they definitely had stunt doubles, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially uh, Joe Pesci. I mean, he was already kind of old by the time uh, 1990 came around. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, well, my favorite trap from kevin's battle plan really isn't a trap <laughs> and so remember harry has already been burned um with his hand on the doorknob and then he already got the top of his head lit by a blowtorch and so you know he's pissed <laughs> yeah. he's had to use the snow basically to cool off and so remember that one part where harry walks through the what, the plastic wrap with the glue and he's just like so mad he's like he walks through it and he's just like, oh, just removing the plastic wrap from his face. And then he goes, now you're dead. He's so pissed. And he says it like that. And then all of a sudden he gets feathered. And I just thought it was so funny to me. It's not really a trap, but that whole thing is just so funny. To me. It's my favorite part of Kevin's little funhouse. And it's like, what do you, who thinks of that? <laughs> and I just thought it was funny because remember, like at the end of that little mini scene marv goes why the hell are you dressed like a chicken <laughs> yeah <laughs> the comedic time was perfect uh timing was perfect yeah man i think that 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 line was improv i think that why are you dressed as a chicken it's like why did you lose your shoe uh, how come you don't how come you're not wearing your shoes yeah oh my goodness i'm so good uh you know what let's move on to the next topic um jeremy I mean, we were talking. <laughs> we've been talking about the battle plan, and you know, Harry does call it uh, the fun house. So, who do you think suffered more in Kevin's fun house? Do you think Marv did or Harry? Personally, for me, I think it was Harry Joe Pesci. Like he was just right off the bat when they got to the front door, they shot him in the nuts with the BB gun. <laughs> I'm like, dang, man, that hurt <laughs> right there. That had to hurt right right on the nuts. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think Marv got hit in the nuts. Oh, and I have to mention this. You know, when he goes, when Harry goes to the front door, you know, obviously burns his hand, uh, but he falls like two times on the slippery ice. Yeah. Uh, and I swear one time it looks like whoever the stunt guy was, it looked like he like broke his neck, man. I was like, goodness, oh, my neck. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, he's definitely 
just at that point, I was like, dang, Harry is taking the brunt of it. <laughs> yeah, it looked like uh, he got like uh, like power bombed or suplexed or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Batista bombed. I know, seriously. The way he landed on his ex, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. It's like, ooh. <laughs> oh, man. I, I think just the fact also that his head was lit, lit on fire. And you can see like the burns throughout like the whole movie. It's like no more hair. Yeah, no more hair. It burned through his beanie. <laughs> yeah. Then he had to his head in the snow. It's pretty yeah. funny. I thought it was kind of like obviously it's a comedy and all that stuff, but it's like with everything else going on, I, I did find it kind of weird that when uh, Harry stuck his head through the door and then the fire lit him on fire, or yeah, the fire lit his head on fire. Uh, I was like, why did he keep his head there, like just screaming while while the blowtorch is still going off? It seemed a little like too silly, <laughs> kind of. Because, you know, fire and, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> bad guys, <laughs> it's it's all in good fun. Yeah, it's like, man, these are the are these guys the true dumb and dumber? <laughs> Harry and Marv. Hey, they're giving uh, Harry and Lloyd a, a run for their money for sure. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, they're not that dumb, though, <laughs> compared to <laughs> Harry and Lloyd. Oh, man, it's so good. Um, actually, I think. Marv actually took uh, suffered more because here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get shot in the in 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 the nuts with the BB gun. He gets shoot shot right in between the eyes, That's and true. he also slipped on the ice. He slipped down three times. The the first two, and then when he walked out, that's like three times, including one where he fell and the crowbar hit him in the head. Mm. But I mean, you you alluded to earlier. Dude, that iron that fell from the laundry chute. I felt like that had to hurt. And I cringed again. I, I, I was like, oh, here it comes. You know, the nail oh, through yeah. the foot. When you see it, it's like, oh. It doesn't actually go through, though, right? It just pokes it him. So it I was like, through, yeah. I thought that he was going to actually step on it and they were just going to cut away. But if if that actually happened, if he actually stepped down and they just cut away, I would say... I would say Marv, but I think just accumulated all that pain because, you know, Marv even inflicts pain, you know, the crowbar on Harry. I still True. think Harry is still True. like the most. But here's, here's, I think, where Marv kind of suffered a little bit more. I feel like Marv had some phobias and I feel like having the tarantula on his face at one point in time Dude, I as a person that hates spiders, I put myself in his shoes. I feel that's like more psychological like damage that could do to you. That huge, huge ass spider ugh, on your face. Dude, I think I, <laughs> I might have to give it to you because I hate spiders. No. I, I hate spiders. And yeah, when I saw as soon as oh. that spider came on screen. In oh. Buzz's room, I'm like, no, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> like, Kevin, just use a different house for your battle plan. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, when when that happened to Marv, I was freaking out. Also, <laughs> oh my like, god, that that scream that Marv did when he literally reached like an extra three octaves higher, I felt that one in my soul. I was like, 
oh, I can feel the pain. And that's when I knew that mm. Marv suffered the most. I mean, and, and I'm not even talking about how he's afraid of heights. Remember when Harry just bullied him into going outside and then going? He didn't want to go. Yeah. He went because he got bullied into it and he um, still ended up falling. <laughs> so I feel like he suffered more, like more psychologically, not physically. I agree with you there, though. But more yeah. psychologically. Oh. Yeah, psychologically. Ooh, Marv. You you got me with the spider <laughs> for sure, man. Dude, that spider. Oh man. Well, I we you know us here at the Weekly Real Podcast. We like to involve you, the audience. We like the audience participation uh, with the polls, and you know if you do uh, reply back on all of our social medias and through email. And so we wanted to pose that same question to you, the audience. Who do you think suffered more during Home Alone, Marv or Harry? And so, uh, Jeremy, uh, where can they uh, get back to us on that? So you can uh, tweet us at Weekly Real on Twitter, uh, also at Weekly Real on Instagram, and uh, also on our Facebook. So especially if you want to directly message me, I'm in charge of Facebook, so. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Facebook, it's uh, for young people, right? Yeah, totally. It's totally not for 60 and plus. <laughs> I don't know who you, is it like 70 plus now on Facebook. Oh, man. Yeah, who knows? Uh, and uh, they can email us too, right, Ken? Yes. Uh, do you remember what our electronic mail address would be? Uh, we don't have. Do we have an electronic mail P.O. box? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that would be interesting, though. Uh, but. To answer your question, we do have an electronic mail address, and it is at weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. And so, Jeremy, let's take a quick break. All right, welcome back from the break. Um, so, Jeremy, it is weekly real awards time. And so uh, the first award that we're going to be giving out, uh, actually, I wanted to give a, give you the choice. If you would want to give, a, um, give out the Marissa Tomei Aunt May Award for what has aged well, or if you want to give out the Happy Hogan Mullet Memorial Award for what has not aged well. So, Jeremy, which award are you giving out? All right, so I actually answered the what has not aged well. So the Happy Hogan Memorial a uh, Mullet Memorial Award. Uh, it's actually. Do you remember at the end when uh, Marvin Harry actually catch Kevin finally and then hang him up yes. on the hook, right? And he's uh, and Harry's like, I'm gonna bite off like your little fingers and all that stuff. Uh, so. From what I've read, Harry actually does bite him, or the actor actually does bite him, oh, shit. and actually broke skin. Oh, so I was like, what? And when I saw that for the first time in the actual movie, I was like, Yeah, maybe this hasn't <laughs> aged well because it's like one, you're threatening this little kid to like eat this little kid's fingers, and then he actually like kind of does in a way, like bites his fingers. I was like, Uh. Yeah, that's maybe that's a little note of trivia that I didn't want to know. Oh, interesting. Wow, yeah, I didn't know that. You know, for me, uh with uh with Home Alone, I don't really try to go 
too deep in ter- terms of like trying to do like research, you know, like behind the scenes research like that. I just try to with this is like I just want to enjoy like <laughs> with how the movie is and, and nothing beyond that. It's just like just keep that on the surface. But that's pretty crazy. I had no idea that that actually took place. Yeah, it's a it, it gets a bit dark for some reason. <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? The the award that I wanted to give out, uh, the other award, I wanted to give out the Marissa Tomei Aunt May Award uh, for what has aged well because I feel like this is still the perfect kids movie because it's got a little bit of heart. It's got a little bit of conflict, obviously, within the family. You know, they talk about friendships and stuff, uh, like new friendships, especially with old man Marley. You talked about it with Kevin. Um, and then obviously they got hijinks, you know, they got uh, two funny uh, villains um, and they're not too scary, uh, despite the story that you just shared. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I just feel like, um, you know, there's just good, a lot of good things to laugh about. A lot of, you know, there's like some moments that are, um, you know, touching a little bit and. I don't know. I just, we kind of talked about it at the top. You know, you just kind of picture yourself in Kevin's shoes and uh, you know, like you, there are times when you want to be alone and you're like, Oh, you kind of, you know, picture yourself in that in Kevin's shoes. But then ultimately it makes you realize how much you need your family, you know? So I feel like it's so relatable because there are times when you want to be alone, but there are times obviously where you need that company. And so, I feel like that whole message has aged really well. That's true. Yeah. Like, I think this movie isn't just just for kids, but it's like it it really covers the basis for like the whole family. I think it's like anyone of all ages can enjoy this. I feel like compared to It's a Wonderful Life, where it's very more adult, as I said last week. Yeah, no, I, I completely remember what you were talking about in terms of it being more of an adult, but not raunchy <laughs> not raunchy in that adult way but just adult as in it's got more adult themes in terms of what each of the characters especially george bailey what he has to go through now it's kind of seeing it through the lens of kevin McAllister, and i feel like everyone can relate to that because obviously everyone has been a kid at some point in time except for babies <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. like babies shouldn't be watching home alone to babies you know, you're too young <laughs> well you know what the next award jeremy is a brand new award uh that i wanted to uh give out we're gonna call it the malekith award for most hated character and the reason why we're uh we've named it the malekith award is because malekith really is the worst villain in arguably the worst mcu film thor the dark world i know it's the lowest on my totem pole so far it it's not quite there for you but i think we can both agree that malekith is just horrible right yeah malekith easily the worst when we say the worst villain in the mcu it doesn't mean like oh he's the most badass and he's the most scary no it's just that he's the like he, he's not interesting at all <laughs> not interesting you don't care for him you don't feel threatened by him because he was kind of weak too (laughs) so it's like a recipe for disaster and so um i kind of wish they picked a different one anyway um within home alone i mean i you know when i was watching it 
those dozens of times as a kid. I didn't really think too much of it as a kid watching Home Alone. But, you know, just kind of on this latest rewatch, I felt like Kevin's family had some real jerks. And so, you know, the reason why we're giving out the Malekith Award for most hated character, I feel like we should give it out to one of Kevin's family members. So which family member, Jeremy, was your most hated and the winner of the first Malekith Award? Was I have to ask you this question though? Who was who was the one that said, Kevin, you're such a disease? <laughs> That's his brother. That's the middle brother. Oh. So he's got two brothers, uh, Buzz, the oldest, and then Jeff, he's like the second in the middle. And then he's got the two sisters, one where it says, You're laying home and to or whatever, and then yeah. uh, dark hair or whatever that was talking to him about, oh, you know, just let mom pack for you or whatever. I was gonna say Linny, the one the trying to speak French. <laughs> that one. I was like, man, so um snobby. That's the word. It's like such a snob towards Kevin. And I I was I was about to say buzz, but just the, the snobbiness of of Linny's comment, I guess, is like, yeah, probably I know, I know it. She didn't really have that many uh lines in like she did. I mean, really, she did. And it's like really one of the words he said. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know what? My winner for the inaugural Malekith Award for most hated. I don't know if this is I don't know, controversial. But man, I really could not stand the mom, Kate. Honestly. Really? Damn. I really couldn't stand her. Yeah, I mean, in the in the beginning, Kevin was given definitely definitely given her lip. I'd be like, oh, ooh, don't test me, Kevin. Um, but I mean, I feel like she escalated the situation by kind of going back and forth with him when he should have just sent him to the room and just be done with it. But then that wasn't just it. Obviously, you know, they're in a rush or whatever. And you know what? Like, not everyone is your family, but I mean, you're the mom of the family, the, the matriarch. I mean, you have five kids. That's, you know, pretty big in today's standards, but it's not huge where you could do your own little head count. Five kids. I mean, dude. And, and you know what? In fairness, this is also on Peter, the dad as well. Both of them need, needed to do a, a head count, not trust, um, I guess, their niece, to the oldest niece to do it. I don't know. Um, also, I don't know if you remember this is kind of a throwaway scene, but remember when they land in Paris and then they're running through the airport in, in Paris, right? And then the fact that she just literally just grabs that phone away from that French lady or whatever and just ba basically does the whole rude American. I was like, dude, you know what would have been cool? If they, instead of named Kate, Kate, they should have just named her Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like, okay, here's the thing, too, that also bothered me. Uh, just at the end of the movie where she takes a ride with, uh, what, what were their name? What was the band's name? The the Fearsome Five? <laughs> no, I'm just you know what? I, it was like the Polka something. I, I forgot. Um, it's yeah. with, uh, with uh, John Candy. Yeah, yeah. And so she gets this ride from the need to, just to get to the house early, but she's literally... She sees Kevin for like two minutes and then the rest of the family comes in. 
<laughs> and she tried so hard to get back home as fast as she could. And then anyway, the the dad and the rest of the kids come home just literally two minutes after. Literally, like no time at all. <laughs> like she went through all that trouble. I guess you know, she, she's being doing the what mom, she, yeah. yeah, she she did what she could, but that kind of annoyed me too. It's like she sometimes you can only do so much. I know. I mean, because it sounded like yeah, she got on that earlier flight where she basically obviously played the kind of the victim even though it was her fault it's like from a mother to a mother i'm like oh god really and then yeah i mean she still had to get to a point where she had to travel by what van or whatever they were in to get to there i'm like uh you didn't think about all that come on man like if you would have just caught the flight (laughs) like you said it would have been less trouble or obviously we wouldn't have seen john candy's uh um uh, character or whatever but yeah i i completely agree i don't know she was just annoying and and i do apologize to all the karens that i do know you guys are all nice all you lady karens out there that i know personally that's not an indictment on you i kind of wish they had a different name for what we know as karens so no offense to you guys or ladies yeah it's just it's a meme it'll pass <laughs> Yeah, I kind of hope so, just for your guys' sake. But the way we're going, it's not going to expire anytime soon. Yeah, you can blame the Karens for that. <laughs> well said, well said. Uh, well, Jeremy, you know what? Let's go ahead, uh, go on to our next award. Uh, we're giving out the Stanley Award for Best Cameo. And so, Jeremy, who is your winner for this Stanley Award? So I'm going to give it to It's a Wonderful Life because... You know, we just talked about that movie last week, and I didn't expect that movie to actually make a a cameo in itself in this movie. Did you know that It's a Wonderful Life was in Home Alone? Yes, I actually did. Uh, and uh, it's funny, too, because obviously I never seen the movie in its entirety until we watched it for last week's episode. But yeah, I, I knew that certain parts of it were in it. Dang, man, because I was like, oh, yeah, it's like we just watched that movie. And now it's in Home Alone. So it's like, what are the odds? <laughs> it's all related. It's all related. And actually, you know what? Um, you know, during the break, uh, me and Jeremy were talking about how, or I actually just asked him if he had watched Home Alone 2 and he said that he hadn't. And so minor spoiler alert, It's a Wonderful Life makes an appearance in Home Alone 2 as well. Oh, man. All right. Got to check that out. How about you? What was your uh, favorite cameo? All right, so my favorite cameo, and you know, I try to you know share as much of uh, of myself and my interests with the podcast world, uh, world, and obviously with you, um, and obviously everyone knows that you're a huge, huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'm a huge fan of Breaking Bad and Friends, and so when I rewatched Home Alone for the first time in many years, and you know, remember. That scene, we were actually just talking about how Kate was calling uh, home from Paris and she gets to call in to the local police department. She's talking to an officer, Balzac. Well, when I saw Officer Balzac, I immediately recognized the actor, Larry Hankin. And so Larry Hankin plays old Joe who runs the salvage yard in Breaking Bad. He's the one that helps Walt and Jesse destroy the Winnebago, that old guy. And uh, also, also, you know, I'm a huge fan of Friends. 
Larry Hankin plays Mr. Heckles in season one and season two of Friends. He's like this little recurring character, and he plays uh, one of their neighbors uh, before he ends up getting killed off in the episode, uh, in, in a random episode in season two. He just dies. It, it is so sad. But Mr. Heckles. So Larry Hankin, uh, definitely the one that I reckon. I was like, oh, that guy, that guy. I know that guy. <laughs> hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Officer uh, Baldock, the, the guy with the donut and the donut falls on the phone. Yeah, then does he still eat it off of the phone? Um, no, it just falls. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah. Well, we want to give uh actually wanted to give an honorable mention to uh John Candy. Um, and you know, he actually played, I don't know if you knew this, but he played opposite Macaulay Culkin just one year earlier in the 1989 film Uncle Buck. Um, so I just thought it was pretty funny that two years in a row, Macaulay Culkin and John Candy are in the same movie, just playing opposite one another. Uh, and also, you know, he's, you know, well known for planes, trains, and automobiles, spaceballs, And one of my personal favorites, it's on Disney plus right now, not sponsored. Uh, but I love cool runnings and he was really good in cool runnings as well. Have you seen either of those John Candy movies? I have not. I'm missing out, huh? Yeah. John Candy is actually really underrated. Obviously, you know, he he died of a heart attack in 1994, so he was gone way too young. But he was always really good with his comedic timing, and he played a lo- always played lovable characters. Hmm. Yeah. So definitely want to give a shout out since um, who knows when, when and if we'll t- uh, talk about John Candy again on the weekly real podcast. And so on to the next award, Jeremy, the why is Gamora award for favorite quote. Um, so Jeremy, who is your winner? So for me, I kind of have two. They're really small quotes, but both from Kevin McAllister. And the first one would be like, I made my family disappear. (laughs) (laughs) And just the way he, like at first he was a bit scared, a bit apprehensive, and then he just kept saying it. I'm like, this guy's got this kid's kind of crazy. <laughs> I made my family disappear. It's like, oh, okay, you could stop that now. Uh, <laughs> well, he did wish it. Remember when he was in the hideaway? He's like, I, I wish my family would uh, just go away or whatever, <laughs> whatever he said. But just when he said that, it, it was a bit scary. But I, I started laughing because of how. Like I said before, like when people would edit Home Alone to be a like horror movie, I don't know. It's like that just makes me. I, I was laughing like like crazy when he said that, and uh, the other one would be like, "It's like this is it. Don't get scared now." When he, like, <laughs> yeah. pulls up, like his little shotgun BB gun. I was like, yeah. <laughs> "I'm like, all right, here we go. Here, here's the the beginning of the battle." It's funny too because he kind of breaks the fourth wall because it seems like he's talking to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he like looks straight into the camera. I'm like, oh, all right. I was like, all right, you know, it's like before the office did kept doing that, <laughs> like, breaking the fourth wall. Deadpool should definitely do that in the next Deadpool movie. Just look straight into the camera and say that. Yeah, this is it now. Don't scare. It. Oh wait, no, this is it. Don't get scared now. I totally butchered that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. How about you? What was your uh, favorite quote? 
Well, you know what's funny? You know, obviously this movie revolves around Kevin, and it's not even a Kevin. Um, it's not really even a Kevin quote. This is actually from Johnny from uh that fake movie, Angels with Filthy Souls. <laughs> it's you know, obviously they have that whole dialogue, but the the end is so classic because I mean it gets used three times. Obviously, once when he first watches it, when we see him watch it, once with the pizza delivery guy, and then another time with uh with Marv outside the uh outside the house. And the part that's totally classic, and I still can re- re- recite it. I'll read it just so because I don't want to butcher it, you know, in front of everyone. But it's where he goes, Hey, I tell you what, I'm gonna give you snakes. I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. And then uh, obviously snakes is all like scared, and and then he goes one, two, ten, and then he's like just pumping them full of like uh, bullets and stuff, and he's laughing. And he at the end he goes, "Keep the change, you filthy animal." Oh, especially the end, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's so iconic. <laughs> it's funny when he used on the pizza guy and he actually like fell for it. Yeah, so it's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's still my favorite part of the uh, the movie, the dialogue. Anyway, uh, you know what? Let's go move on to the next award, the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. And so, Jeremy, uh, who's your winner for the Avengers Assemble Award? So. My favorite scene of Home Alone, I, I don't know, there's so many good scenes in the movie, but for some reason, for me, it would either be when he finds out that he's alone, and he just has that realization where he's like, I made my family disappear and all that stuff, and he does all the things kids want to do when they're home alone, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, I, I think this would be kind of underrated scene, is when Kevin goes to the grocery store. Oh, and he's man. he's like literally buying everything. He buys like laundry detergent, uh, but just the conversation that he has with the cashier is so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is very underrated. It's like when she was like, "Oh, giving him the third degree." Where's your mm-hmm. mom? Where's your dad? <laughs> I didn't like her. I didn't like her either. Shoot. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a funny scene though, because it's like he. It, it just showed how smart Kevin was too. Yeah. And like yeah. how witty he is. I know. Cause like, where do you live? I don't want to tell you. It's like, why not? Cause you're a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then you see him carrying all his groceries and then the, the bags break. These <laughs> are <laughs> so random. They're just so random. Like scenes like that, that just give the movie a lot of heart. Especially, you know, you root for Kevin uh, after you know he's being a like kind of a a pest in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. But so, on a side note, remember Kevin? He got into a fight with Buzz because Buzz ate like his cheese pizza. Yeah. As a kid, did you go for the cheese pizza? Were you that kind of kid, or did you go for the toppings? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I was a cheese pizza guy, but uh, if there was um a like a pizza with toppings, it was, I mean, and, and we still eat it to this day. Whenever we go to Toto's, it's the number two combo. The number two combo is with salami, 
uh, what do you call it? Salami, sausage, and mushrooms. Wow, what a magical combination! Mm-hmm. But it, it was either those two. Okay, how about, about you? Now, I was never like I. Of course, I would if it if cheese pizza was the only thing. Of course, I'll eat it still pizza. But if there was toppings, I would go for the toppings. I was I was the that kid mm. that just like toppings. Well, the reason why I say cheese pizza is because uh, well, uh, for those of you who are listening to this for the first time, we actually went to the same elementary school in San Francisco. It was a private church school. And uh, a long time ago, uh, like whenever we'd have pizza day, it would always be cheese pizza. And uh, we used to always get it at a now closed, which was really sad when we found out about it. Ocean Pizza in San Francisco on surprise, surprise, Ocean Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) That place was so good. Um, And it like I remember when we had it earlier this decade for the first time in in decades, really. Um, when we were in elementary school, oh my goodness, that pizza, that cheese pizza, like that whole quote uh, with Kevin's like a whole cheese pizza just for me. I'm like, oh man, I wish I had a whole cheese pizza from Ocean Pizza. Just maybe, for I, me. maybe I'll order a cheese pizza and all, all for myself and watch Home Alone too. Maybe that's what I should do. Definitely do that. And if you do, can you please like take a photo for the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I know, seriously, I should. <laughs> and then just like eat like a, a giant like bowl of ice cream too while you're at it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I watch don't like mixing my food. ice cream like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You have to have like a good scooper, and then you have to be able to get these giant scoops. Mm-hmm. And then you got to watch Angel with Filthy Souls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what's our uh, what's our next award, Kim? Oh, actually, you know what? I haven't given my um, oh shoot, yeah, <laughs> I haven't given my uh, winner. I mean, you were talking about the pizza delivery scene. That's my favorite scene of the of the film because of the because of my favorite line, you know, and and the fact that it you know at the end it's a whole cheese pizza just for me. It's that whole thing, you know, me, you know, the foodie in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we were just talking about pizza because you really did, did set up my my winner for the Avengers Assemble Award. And so yeah, that scene is just classic. Um, it's it takes a lot of skill for Kevin to be able to fast forward and rewind through different parts of that movie through a VCR and to play it. I just thought it was just truly, truly skillful on Kevin's part to do that. And it really did fit with the situation. And obviously he w- he used it again on Marv, but this version of it still cracks me up. It's so funny. Yeah. I don't know how we did it with the VCR, man. Like you can't, it's so hard to time that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I it sounded like or it looked like he watched that movie for the first time when he was eating all that ice cream in the middle of the night because he wasn't allowed to, you know, watch these rated R movies. Mm-hmm. And then he got scared of when the guy got shot. Snakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Snakes. <laughs> hey, Johnny, but what about my money? <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, you know what, Jeremy, we were at that part now where we're in our favorite part of our podcast, uh, talking about the guest rotten tomato score, you know, where we have bragging rights and obviously Jeremy has one season one already. He's, he's up big on me, but you know what? I'm a very competitive person. You know, I'm trying to get these last few just to make the score just a little closer. 
And so with Malone, I feel like this is my turf. And I, you know what? Honestly, I'll be distraught if I lose to this week. <laughs> oh, man. So, Jeremy, you know what? My guess for for Home Alone is 82. Um, what do you hmm. guess? I was guessing 91%. Oh, wow. You're going to the high end. Okay. I, was, I am going high. Yeah. I was, uh, I was trying to be skeptical. I'm like, you know what? It's a kid's movie. How good can it be? But we'll find out right now. We're on RottenTomatoes.com. And we're going to go with Home Alone um, in 1990. And with a tomato meter of, wow, 65? What the heck? (laughs) 65? I think this is the biggest margin I've ever had in any of the episodes. (laughs) Well, that just shows how much you loved it, right? And you figured everyone would love it as well. Yeah, what the heck happened? Oh, well, just for... I know. I'm like, what the... I mean, technically, it's still fresh, quote unquote. Uh, But 65 is definitely way too low. And I thought I was actually kind of low on, you know, giving it an 82. And keeping in the tradition of you know the audience score the audience score was 80 <laughs> oh, all right uh, closer again to the audience score oh shit all right all right you so, this? yeah finally finally broke your winning streak you had a pretty big winning streak oh man so it's now what 16 to 11 heading into our uh final couple of episodes and so uh before we preview uh, the next episode, let's give out our final award, the I Love You 3000 Award, where we rate the movie on a, a scale of 1 to 3000. So, Jeremy, what would you give Home Alone? Sounds like you liked it. Yeah, so I'm going to give Home Alone a 2700 out of 3000. So that's 90%. Oh, wow. Okay. I think that's a, it's a good score. I think uh, it's kind of, uh, I feel like it's, it, I could see a lot of people giving it like a 80, 80 something and those huge fans like myself a little higher than that, we'll just say. And obviously I'll reveal what my score is. But yeah, I feel like your score is right on the money. Because I feel like there, there's a Christmas movie out there I feel like that I haven't seen yet that can go above that. But I also feel like this is a Christmas movie that I could definitely watch every year. I could definitely see that. But you know what? Before I give my rating, I'm kind of curious on a uh, on a rating of one to jingle all the way. Where does this rate? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like not even in the same league <laughs> as uh, jingle all the way, man. It's like, did they have Arnold the punchy and a reindeer? Did you get to see that at home alone? No. <laughs> oh man i had to ask (laughs) i had to ask i was kind of curious no but for sure this is uh home alone definitely makes a lot more sense than jingle all the way sometimes jingle all the way as much as i love it sometimes it's like is this still a christmas movie (laughs) yes because of all the consumerism that it it displays (laughs) but you know what jingle all the way is very similar to a uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas <laughs> with the the commercialism that whole thing is just obviously way different. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> All right. So what was uh what was your rating for Home Alone? Okay, you know, this is just me being a fanboy of Home Alone. So it's gonna be unusually high. <laughs> I'm giving it a 2853, which is 95.1%. You know, I I I'm not a rational, I'm gonna admit I'm not a rational person when it comes to home alone. And this is probably going to be like your jingle all the way score, <laughs> but I got to give it a 95.1% on, on that scale. It's just so good. It, it, you know, if 30 years later or whatever, or around there, I'm watching it as a, <clears throat> you know, plus whatever, <laughs> I don't want to reveal my age <laughs> and I'm still cracking up at the same parts. You know, this is, has an age, and I don't know. It's just such a classic to me. It, it'll always have a special place in my heart. And yeah, I don't think that'll ever change, even if um, you know, just add another thirty years to whatever my age is now. Yeah, man, I don't blame you, man. Everyone has those movies where it just hits nostalgia where it it needs to and you know it just so happens it's also a really good movie so yeah i don't blame you man (laughs) you know a lot of people would agree with you that that's like the best christmas movie even over jingle all the way so (laughs) i don't know there are a lot of people that don't (laughs) i can think of one right now Hmm. (laughs) i wonder who that is oh shoot well you know what jeremy um why don't you go ahead and preview the next episode? All right. In three weeks, put on your parachute pants because it's 1984. We'll be talking about Wonder Woman 1984 star- starring Gal Gadot because it's finally coming out on HBO Max and in theaters. We're not sponsored by them, by the way. But yeah, we're finally going to see this movie. This movie was supposed to come out in june 2020 and we're finally going to be able to see it six months later and i'm pretty excited because i really like the first one uh yeah i agree with you there and it's just gonna be you know uh, it's just gonna be refreshing that we're both gonna see not only a new movie that we haven't seen because uh we did that two weeks ago oh no sorry last week when we watched it's a wonderful life but that was a movie from 1946 now, this will be only our second movie that we're watching that's completely brand new for season one. Uh, the first one was Tenet when we watched it in the theaters. And so I'm definitely looking forward to watching new content in 2020. And uh, yeah, we're definitely going to see that in three weeks. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to watch it in theaters because where we live... Yeah, uh, all the movie theaters are pretty much closed. Oh, oh man, COVID, man, go away! <laughs> <laughs> Come again, never. Yeah, no, never. I know, seriously, <laughs> but yeah, definitely looking forward to watching Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, in a few weeks, and uh, definitely talking. Looking forward to talking to you about it, Jeremy. All right, so Jeremy, uh, before we uh, call this an episode, was there anything that you wanted to plug uh, for these next few weeks while we're off? Yeah, so while we're off, I guess, you know, check me out on my YouTube channel. Definitely try to be posting more reviews on there. Uh, Jeremy Pullenbarit, the link will be in the description. So far, I guess I'm tr- still trying to decide whether or not I want to change my YouTube channel name. 
So I don't know if you have any ideas, Ken, or audience. <laughs> well, you know what? If if uh, if you do, we'll definitely update our episode notes for all the episodes. That way, any episode that you do catch, we'll uh, update the link for that. So we want to make sure that you get uh, properly linked to Jeremy's YouTube channel because it's uh, definitely worth checking out for sure. Um, I'm pretty much caught up on a lot of your uh, movie reviews as well. So definitely check it out. How about you? Uh, do you have anything to plug in these three weeks while we're on a bit of a short break? I know. You know what? Uh, I hope to be in the lab, you know, just cooking up some new things. Uh, not ready to divulge that just yet. But until then, uh, check me out on YouTube and Instagram. I'm fairly active on both platforms. Uh, you could follow me at FreeKenA, and the spelling will be in the episode notes. So... Uh, with that being said, Jeremy, since this is our last podcast of the year, uh, are, do you have any final thoughts to close out 2020? Yeah, 2020 has been a roller coaster of a year for sure. Just uh, I trying to remember what movie I watched first. It was an anime movie called Weathering with You, which I really liked. And then before quarantine, it was Sonic the Hedgehog. Luckily. <laughs> <laughs> so correct. Yep. Luckily, I can say that the first movie I watched of the year was Weathering with You, and the last movie I saw in theaters that I saw in 2020 was Total Recall. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so at least I can say that about 2020 that I saw Total Recall in theaters. I think that was a highlight for sure. <laughs> yeah, we even saw it on its 30th anniversary. And I guess uh, Home Alone happened to be on its 30th anniversary too. So kind of weird, uh, I guess a weird way to kind of end it. <laughs> yeah. It all comes full Perfect circle. Timing too. <laughs> yeah, I know, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? For me, um, to wrap up my thoughts with 2020, I mean, it's been a difficult year for uh, pretty much everyone um, who's on this it, basically living in this world that we live in right now it's a weird 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 pandemic you know covid coronavirus world that we live in and uh that being said um with everything a lot of the stuff that has been taken away like our normal life that we had prior to this year 2020 i truly am thankful that i did get to cross off one of the things that was on my bucket list which was to start a podcast and to do a collab with family. And yes, I'm talking about you, Jeremy, uh, just definitely makes it that much more special. And I'm definitely looking forward to doing more podcast episodes uh, in 2021 and beyond. And so definitely thanking you for giving me the opportunity to live my own personal dream. And uh, it's just fun to be able to share this with you. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been it's been a crazy year. Didn't expect to to start a podcast, but I'm really glad we did. And for sure, 2021 will be an even better season two, season three yeah. for the weekly reel. Yes, definitely looking forward to that. I'm just hoping for more, um, you know, new content, new movies coming out, and you know, obviously, you know, things may change in terms of the way movies are going to be released. Who knows? But we'll see. I mean, Warner Brothers um, said that they were going to try to utilize HBO Max more. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. And so definitely looking forward to that. Uh, definitely 
I wanted to remind you all, the podcast audience, again, that we are off for the next three weeks. And so in the meantime, check out our current library of 19 episodes wherever you do listen to podcasts, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Uh, For a full listing, check out our website, weeklyrealpodcast.com. Then tune in again on the first Monday of 2021 which is a what January 4th for our episode on Wonder Woman 1984. So until then, on behalf of Jeremy, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and a happy new year from the real. <laughs>